was in dormant for a while But he was praying And with this prayer my heart caught fire And now I won't let go Cause I found a reason why I'm alive Yeah I didn't know that Sarah Ruth had that breakout worship time in the car like she said this week, but I also had a breakout worship time and this song happened to be playing. It's just stirring in my heart that it is revival time. We are a revival generation. and What I want to talk about this morning is believing the impossible. That we can call things that are not as though they were. And they will happen. We will see them happen with the eyes of faith. And in order to do that, we need to put position ourselves to receive what God has for us. Amen? Um, by the way, I forgot to mention that our, our senior pastor and his wife, Becky and Byron, are out of town ministering in uh, Charleston, South Carolina this morning. So, uh, so yeah, so they're gone and here we are. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> just moving around, this morning when I walked in, um, uh, Ricky Stutz walked into the church, and uh, I, I guess I I met Ricky about I don't know six or seven years ago when I was teaching at Mooresville High School. I think you were in my class for a brief period, and uh, anyway, um, at that time he wasn't doing so well and had uh, quite a struggle. Come on up here, Ricky. So I just want uh, God has revived Ricky's life. Okay, just listen to what he has to say. Talk to people with 
look into their eyes and tell them how, how good God is. And I know that where I came from in a loving family and things provided for me and that I chose to throw all that aside and run through all the ways of this world because now it just looks so wicked and I praise God that I can see it as that that he took those scales off my eyes but now being in Teen Challenge and all the spirituality and emphasis that I've learned being there it's really just been so it's been an awesome time even on the days that I struggle and being away from my family and I mean there's nothing that I've done all I had to do is open up and surrender and people think surrender's got to come all at once and you guys just give things to God one at a time and just keep them going and it amounts up and next thing you know you have salvation you have freedom you can lift your hands to God and you can get on your knees and cry and you can you can look people in the eye and tell them you know just that that a relationship with God that's the meaning of life that's purpose and just so many people are so smart with degrees searching for the real meaning of life and here I am I even graduated high school and I know I have it living in my heart <laughs> and to the people in here that it was just good to be able to come back here because I got to go back to Pennsylvania this afternoon and that's I'll be there for another four months but to the people there, there's people in here that know that like, like you said, that I wasn't doing so good. I know the places I was. And, you know, God revived me from, from the slimy pit that I was in. And I didn't... He took me as I was. And I didn't have to throw on a pair of khakis and go to church and act in a certain way. I just had to really finally submit and see things for what they really were. And I was just, you know... I did so much for the devil out there and now, you know, I know what my purpose is and I've yet to see the direction that God's going to put me in so I have family support and put me in going to Bible college after I get out of here and hopefully after I just graduate and I'll come back here and see all y'all's faces and, and be able to come back here for a little while until I go in whatever direction God's going to point me in. So, it's really been amazing for me. I appreciate y'all's prayers. Um, Thank you, God. I remember Ricky was one of these kids that you see out all over town quite often that just seemed to have this kind of cloud of darkness around them. And uh, when he walked in that door this morning and I looked into his eyes, I said, I thought, wow, Jesus has changed that boy. <laughs> he is completely, I could see the, you know, you can see the clarity in somebody's eyes. And it gives me a lot of hope because at one time I would have thought, well, you know, I'm, everything's possible with God, but really I thought, I don't know, that guy's never going to change. <laughs> Mom, did you ever think? <laughs> but you know, all things are possible with God. You know, my brother is going to have that cloud of darkness removed from him. I'm going to see clarity in his eyes. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen for your family members, for your loved ones. We got to keep believing. We got to believe that he that is faithful will bring true what he's promised.
He said that salvation was for us in our entire household and for all who are far off. So that's the promise that I hold to. Amen? So, you know, for those of you who are seasoned veteran Christians, God always likes to remind us of things like this. Isn't that true? How easy it is to forget. How easy it is to just go through your day, go through your life, and lose that little spark of faith that seems so basic to what God has promised us. Amen? Uh, If you'll turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 19. This um, passage here illustrates just this point that I'm talking about. And the point is, is that everything really both physical and spiritual, that God promises to you is always impossible for you to accomplish. Everything that God says to you, both whether it's you know how much money you're going to make or this house you're going to have or uh, that you're going to be you know, a prophet of God, whatever, both spiritual and physical, if God has promised it to you, it's impossible for you to accomplish it. And in this passage, Jesus is talking to a young man. And in verse 16, I'll start. Now a man came to, up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, Go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. Now, you, you can see in the disciples here that they're really nervous. They're like, wow. Okay, then what is the deal? Who then can be saved if this guy can? I mean, he's kept them all. He's kept the letter of the law. He's been a good boy. Santa Claus has visited him, him at Christmas. You know, all these things. I mean, who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, you guys, see, here's the deal. With man... It's impossible. This is impossible. Meaning, it can't happen. But, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Let me use this little carnal illustration, if you will let me. For those of you who are Panther fans, we got to believe that all things are possible still yet this season. We can make the playoffs. However remote a possibility that is but if we dream back for just a minute to a season ago in times long past the moments of glory if you'll go with me to the NFC playoffs we had to travel to St. Louis Missouri to take on the almighty Rams who I believe if I'm not mistaken were undefeated at home that season had not lost on the AstroTurf they're extremely fast there's no way we can win. Well, you know, as usual Panther folklore goes, somehow we were still in the game towards the end when I believe the buzzer sounded and the score was tied. Now, if I get this wrong, you Panther fans, don't get mad at me, but it'll make a good story. And, and anyway, we were in overtime, and it looked several times as if the Rams for sure had won. Uh, they were pretty close, I believe. Maybe they had a 30, 35-yard field goal or something like that. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, that's it. You know, the glory's gone. It was fun while it lasted. They're going to kick the field goal. It'll be over. They missed the field goal. What in the world? God's got to be a Panthers fan. 
You know, so here we are just jumping. You know, a big crowd of us are over at Chuck and Janet's house on the, watching on the big screen TV. But we're running around going crazy, hitting each other. You know, every time the Panthers do something good, I pick up one of my kids and, like, throw them around. They freak them out. All of a sudden, here we are, like, on our own 40-yard line or something. Jake DeLone, who has to be divinely inspired, drops back to pass, hits Steve Smith on a slant route. Steve Smith does this little move, goes all the way to the other end zone. Panthers win. We're going to the NFC Championship. This is unbelievable. The announcers still don't like the Panthers. I don't know what their problem is, but... Anyway, where were we? Yes, all things are possible. But here's the real point that I want you to get, is that Steve Smith, who caught that pass, had to believe that he could do it in order to catch the pass. He could have thought like me, uh, this game's lost, we'll give it one more shot at it. He visualized in his mind before the play happened, I guarantee you, that he could run that route, he could catch the pass, and that he could do it. He had to position himself, in other words, to catch the pass. He had to position himself to receive what Jake DeLone threw in order to win the game. And for like, if you'll let me just use that analogy, not that Jake DeLone is, is divine, but if Jake DeLome in this example were like God and Steve Smith were like us, God is delivering something that He's waiting for us to catch. He has for us to catch that we can position ourselves to receive His blessings. With God, all things are possible. In Hebrews 11.6, it says that without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So it's impossible to please God. In Hebrews, it talks about Enoch who walked with God and Noah who found grace, who found unmerited favor in the eyes of God and built the ark to escape the destruction that was coming. And they had that favor with God because they believed His promises were true. They believed that His covenant promises were true. And let me just encourage you this morning, okay? This always helps to encourage... We all need to be encouraged in this. Is What promises has God made to you over the years? What promises is He making to you right now? They're possible with God. Yeah, they might look impossible. It might look impossible for your marriage to be good. It might look impossible for your child to come to know Christ in a life-changing way. It might look impossible to get the job that you need. But with God, all things are possible because He says in Jeremiah 29.11 that He has a plan and a purpose for us, right? All things are possible. Uh, If you turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 34. Luke 1, 34. In this passage, an angel appears to this young girl and says, you know, you're going to have a child. and You know, this is the Christmas story. And uh, and it's going to be a, a son that you're to give this certain name. He'll actually save um, the world from their sins and all these things. And in verse 34, Mary says, How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, Here's how it's going to happen. Okay, in other words, this is impossible, but let me explain how God can make it possible. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren in her sixth month. That's amazing. 
This old lady is going to have a baby, and even though you're a virgin, you're going to have a baby. What? All things are possible through God. In His timing, in His plan, in His sovereignty, this was His will. This was His destiny. This is what He had chosen for Mary. And look what, what the angel says here. Oh, it's not all the way on the screen. Oh, well, for nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, Oh, you got to be kidding me. Come back at another time. No, she said, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Lord, may your promises be to me as you have said. I'll take you at your word. Even if I don't see it now, even if I don't see it a year from now, or five years from now, I take you at your word. Your promises are true. I've been praying for my brother Todd for over 10 years now, probably 11 or 12 years. I still haven't seen him come to Christ, but he will. Because I know, I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll, in the future if I die before him, I'll still believe that before he goes to the grave, he will come to know Christ as a Savior because that's what God has promised. And I know it to be true. Genesis chapter 18 you want to flip over there real quickly. Another woman in Genesis was promised to have a child. Everybody probably knows this story of Abraham and Sarah. In Genesis 18 is where it is. In verse 13, I'm just going to read a little excerpt, a couple of verses. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Are you laughing at God? Have you ever laughed at God? <laughs> That's a good one, God. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but here's what the Lord said to Abraham in verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Did Sarah have a son? Yes, she did. It was a year away. They had to wait a little while. In fact, they waited a lot longer than that before this appointed time, right? And you know the story, prior to that, they tried to help God along a little bit. You know, by... Sarah giving Abraham um, her maidservant as another wife and, and having, another, having a son outside of God's plan named Ishmael. And I'm not going to go into all the problems that that's created. But just again to remind us and to encourage us is that God will do what He promised. His promises are always true. Therefore, He doesn't need our help. Everybody say, He doesn't need my help. He doesn't need my help. Um, you know, just one little personal example is that when I was 13 years old, this um, prophetic guy came to our church and he prophesied this amazing prophecy over me, you know, um, that I still have on a cassette tape. My mom, thanks for my mom, you know, I have on a cassette tape. Because <laughs> at 13, I could care, really honestly, at 13, I really was not that interested in God. And, uh, but this prophecy was that Matthew, the Lord is going to put a heart of an evangelist in you. And you will know what it's like to have the heart of an evangelist and blah, 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 and blah. All of a sudden, all this stuff about evangelism. You know? And I didn't even remember the prophecy until I was 19 years old. I had a miraculous encounter with God similar to Ricky's and He changed me. And then my mom pulled the tape out. You know? <laughs> oh, check this out, you know? Six years ago, you know. But the thing is, my mom had held on to that even though I didn't even remember it. She had been praying that. And to this day, you know, I'm not the type of personality that just goes out there and like wins everybody to Christ that I see on the street or something like that. You know, I just, I don't do that that much. I, I've led some people to Christ. I mean, you know, the Lord's used me somewhat in evangelism. But I'm going to hold to this promise. 
that God says this is revival time. You are part of a revival generation. That means me. So I know that in revival, the Word of God has to be preached. So my prayer right now is, God, give me creative ways to present the simple, true Gospel to people and let them, will enable them to hear it so that they'll come to You. Not for my glory, Lord, because I know I'm really nothing, but Lord, I want You to be magnified because for some reason this was Your purpose and plan for me since the creation of the world. When I was in my mother's womb, at 13 years old, that prophetic word. Sometimes you know God has spoken to you through a prophetic word or a Scripture or something, but time passes and you get disappointed. Well, that couldn't have been God. You know, I must have just missed it. Well, sometimes we do miss it, but there's other times that you know, that you know, that you know that something is the Lord. This is going to happen. I believe you, God. But five years pass. It hasn't happened. Ten years pass. It hasn't happened. 10, 15, 20, 25 years. I don't know. Go on and on. And I felt like the Lord was saying this to me this week is sometimes as a church we get disillusioned. We get disappointed. I believe we've suffered from that as a, as a body somewhat. Well, there's new things coming. The harvest is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, three years later. Well, it's just, you know, we're here still. But disillusionment is the result of short-sighted faith. What God says may happen tomorrow or may happen 20 years from now or after your death, but God always keeps His promises. So we've got to persevere, keep the faith, see things from God's perspective. He will come through for you. He will come through for us. Let me ask you this question. Are you willing to keep knocking? Are you willing to keep seeking? Are you willing to keep praying even after the great harvest comes when you and I are in the ground? Are you willing to pray that our children and our children's children will see the harvest? Now, I believe that I'm going to be here when the harvest comes, you know, and there's a great turning, mass turnings to the Lord and miracles like what happened in Ricky's life just in not too recent past. But... If it doesn't happen, are you still going to have faith? Are you still going to be excited? Because you know, Paul talks about in the New Testament that Jesus is coming back. I mean, it sounds like like you better answer the door in ten minutes because He's going to be standing there the second coming of Christ. But it didn't happen in Paul's lifetime, did it? So what's the answer to that? Was Paul lying? Was he just leading people on, giving them this false hope? Because I just want to encourage us, I feel like from the Lord, that when the Lord has spoken to us in this church things that are in His plan and in His purpose and are going to happen, and they haven't happened yet, don't get discouraged. Let's not stop praying. You know, a few years ago, there was a, a move towards reaching the whole city, you know, city reachers. And a lot of us were praying hard and having these prayer meetings and out there in the marketplace getting businessmen together to pray and, and all these things. And, and we believe God for certain things to happen, but uh, some of us got discouraged about it because it, it just hasn't happened maybe as quickly as we thought it would. But I still believe God's heart is to reach our city. We still can pray. We still must pray. And I don't have time to go into all this, but there's, there's fruit out of that that is happening right now with teenagers in the Mooresville area with pastors in the Mooresville area. So God is still doing those things that He promised to us. Amen? Now, I kind of lost my place on my outline, but that's okay. Oh, there it is. Number three. <laughs> Did I mention one and two? <laughs> Sorry. Number one, if you're taking notes, is um, everything God promised is always impossible for us to accomplish or achieve. Number two, with God, all things are possible. See, I did mention that many times. And number three, faith is positioning yourself in such a way as to receive what God has promised. Being sure that what God said will happen or has happened and being confident in that which we do not see. 
Now let's look at the great Hall of Faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. I love this chapter in the Bible. It's one of my all-time favorites. And the reason is because as I read about other people's faith, it builds my faith. Does anybody agree? Anybody like Hebrews chapter 11? Alright, so let's just read it again and be encouraged. Verse 1. I'm reading through the, new, the NIV. Yours is a little different. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Just a quick rehash here. Abel, the first guy I mentioned there, positioned himself to receive God's favor by giving his first fruits. That's what pleased God. He gave the first thing that he had, the first flock. So let us be encouraged to keep giving our tithe, both our finances, both the tithe of our time as we spend time with the Lord and seek His will for our lives. By so doing, you're positioning yourself to receive favor from the Lord. This is our part in faith. Our part in faith is not that because we have faith, it'll happen. No, because God has faith, it will happen. Our part is that we can position ourselves to have the faith of God in our lives and receive that which He has promised. Enoch positioned himself by living a life that pleased God. That's what the Bible says, that he pleased God. Find out what pleases God and live accordingly. It's just as simple as that. That's what the Bible tells us we need to do. Find out what pleases Him. Um, for Enoch, it said that he didn't have to experience death. That he was actually just taken up to heaven. So he didn't have to undergo the unforeseen negative circumstances of dying, I guess, for some reason. I don't totally understand all that or what it was in his life that um, he escaped, but God had, had mercy on him because he found, pleasure, he, he found mercy in, in God's eyes. 
and he pleased God. Uh, Noah, you know, Noah was crazy enough to believe that water was going to fall from the sky and destroy the earth. You've got to remember that it had never rained on the earth at that time. The atmosphere was different. There were springs that came up from the earth to water the earth. And so for Noah to pro- prophesy to his generation that, guys, God told me that water's going to come down from the sky and everything's going to be destroyed, so repent. They were like, dude, you are off your rocker, man. I don't know what your problem is. But Noah walked with God. I love that verse. Noah walked with God. And as because of the price that Jesus paid, we can all walk with God. You know, that's what Ricky told me before church is that it's so exciting for him because he knows God now personally. You know, it's not just this concept, you know, this cross on a church door or something like that. That's what's life changing. So he walked with God so closely that when God had plans. He let Noah in on it. So that's my heart, Lord. That should be our hearts. That when God says something, when He has plans, Lord, I want to know about it. Please let me in on it. You know, Abraham, by leaving his homeland, had no idea where he was going. The Bible says, Abraham positioned himself to become the father of the promise. Sarah, even though she doubted, because yeah, we can relate with Sarah. I'm sure everyone in here has doubted God and laughed, probably. She judged God ultimately to be faithful, to keep His Word, and positioned herself to give birth to the promise. Now here's the thing. I want to repeat this again. I may have already said it. This is number four. You may not always see initially what God has promised. Sometimes we may never see God's promises. But still, you must believe. Hebrews 11:17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Verse 20, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. Okay, this was going to be centuries later after Joseph died. He said, There's a promised land out there. There's this land that God promised to us. And He brought us to Egypt, you know, the story of Joseph, for this purpose, for our provision. And He, I think the Lord showed Joseph that there were bad times coming. There was going to be slavery and captivity. But ultimately, God would keep His promise and deliver His people and return them to the land that He had given them. By faith, Moses' parents, this is verse 23, hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. I want to think about this for a second. That before Moses had this faith that God gave him, Moses' parents had faith. You ever thought about that? You know what I was saying about my mom and at 13 receiving that promise? My mom had faith for me to have this calling on my life. So I believe that I can have faith for my children before the Lord gives them the faith themselves. So let's as parents have faith. Have faith for our kids. That what God has called them to, even while they're in, your, in the mother's womb, that it will come to pass. 
the Lord will bring it to promise. His, uh, will bring it to pass. I'm sorry. Now, verse 29, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Think about this. They're standing here on the edge of this huge body of water, and their enemies are coming up from the rear. They have no place to go. They're in big, big trouble. But God told Moses, just stick that little stick you got in your hand in the water, and then you can walk across on dry land. I mean, that actually happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not some fairy tale. It's not some children's nighttime story. Okay, it actually happened that he stuck this staff in the water and whoosh! You know, I mean, that's amazing. The faith of God somehow came into Moses to do that. Because, I mean, that just seems crazy to actually try that. <laughs> and then by faith, verse 30, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. You know that story. Another just idiotic thing to do. <laughs> so, if you think we're idiots for dancing around in here like crazy people during war... Okay, this is part of what it's all about. By faith, we're dancing upon Satan's head. By faith, we're dancing to give worship to our Creator because He releases something in the spiritual realm when we dance. That's not to say if you come here, you have to dance. Okay, I don't want you to misunderstand that. What... What, what she was doing was just encouraging us. So sometimes if we'll just get free a little bit, it'll release something inside of us. It can free you up from something that's binding you. So anyway, just side note. Uh, 31, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. It's good to go back and read these stories later. Um, 32, and what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, if you're reading through the chapter, you're thinking, thank goodness he didn't have time because this chapter is going on forever and ever. But he said, I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. What a disappointment. They all were commended. Good job, well done, faithful servant, but sorry, you didn't receive the promise. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect? Now imagine that all of these great men and women of God are standing with us here this morning. That they're right here behind me on the stage and they go around the walls in the room in the back. They come around here and they're saying, Come on, guys. Keep running the race. Keep fighting the fight. You can do it. You can do it. Because with God, all things are possible. I didn't see the promise they're saying, but you can you got to believe. And if you don't see it, ultimately, believe that your children are going to see it. Or their children are going to see it. It's a generational thing. As you read God's Word, you see that God is a God of the generations. It goes on and on and on. But He is faithful. He lives up to His promises. Now the last thing that I want to point out here is that, again, my faith and your faith does not make things happen. God makes things happen. Your faith is your part in cooperating with the will and purposes of God. Faith is sowing seed and believing that it will yield a harvest. I don't believe it's a name it and claim it kind of mentality. It's having the big picture mentality. Okay, here's God, transcendent of time. He sees the beginning from the end. So I don't know why I'm in this circumstance right now. 
I don't know why this happened to me in the past or this is going to happen in the future, but I know God knows and He sees it all. And so I'm going to have faith that He's real because He's proved Himself to me many times and that He has a plan and a purpose for me and that I can just trust Him and believe Him. Isn't that good news? You see, humanism tells us that if you'll believe in yourself, in the human potential, if you can tap into that, I'll let myself down every time. You know? You're going to let yourself down. So just as a side note, don't give in to that garbage. God is faithful. He will do what He's promised. It's not, it's not up to us. Now in Galatians chapter 6, this last verse here that I want to read, verse 7, it says, Galatians 6 verse 7, it says, Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That's how we can position ourselves. It's sowing in the Spirit. Sowing things. And look what it says here, guys, in verse 9. I love this verse. Let us not become weary in doing good. In other words, don't get tired. Don't get disillusioned. Don't get discouraged. Because for at the proper time, everybody say at the proper time. At the proper time. Okay? That's God's timing, not ours. We've got to remember that. We will reap a harvest. If we don't what? If we don't give up. In other words, if Steve Smith ran about 10 yards and was like, oh, I can't make it. I mean, yeah, Jake DeLone's going to throw the ball, but... You know, this guy's in my way and I'm tired. It's overtime. I've gone through the whole fourth quarter. I can't, I can't do it. You know, he would never have caught the pass, right? But he knew that if he didn't give up, even down to the last play, it may have even been fourth down, I can't remember. But anyway, to the last play, if he didn't give up, they could still win the game. And that's how it is with us. We can still run the race. We can still finish the race. We can fight the good fight if we don't give up and if we continue to, to um, persevere and position ourselves where God has for us. Now, in conclusion, I want to uh, read something that God has been speaking to us this week as a church. And last Sunday, you know, God was saying this thing about knocking. You, know, you remember that knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door? Bless God, we redeemed that song for the kingdom. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, many of you probably read this email, and uh, it's an email that the Lord spoke to Tommy. I hope it's okay if I read that, Tommy. <laughs> okay. um, in this verse, Luke 11, 5-10, he started with, and it's a story that Jesus says, and he said, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children are in bed. and I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is friend, Yet, because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Guy's like rapping on his door at midnight. Da -da 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 -da. I need some bread. Oh, I'm asleep. Da -da -da -da. I need some bread. Okay. You know, he finally gets up and gives him the bread and gives him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And Tommy wrote this. The verses that say, ask, seek, knock, are really saying, keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. The last time the leadership got together, we spent some time praying. One of the prayers I had was to pray like the friend needing bread for a visiting friend at midnight. My heart was crying out for several men in the church that needed jobs. Years ago, I heard a teaching saying that we were not exercising faith if we kept asking. 
He went on to say that once we had asked, God knew and we didn't need to keep on asking. That can be true, but after Sunday, I believe the Lord is saying to our fellowship to keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Isaiah 62, 6-7 says that He has appointed watchmen on the wall who are not to give the Lord rest until He makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. It's time for our intercess, for intercessors to cry out and not be silent. It's time for intercessors to have the gift stirred up that has been placed within them. I was also reminded this morning of the persistence of the church at Philadelphia, Revelation 3, that had an open door. They had kept the, quote, word of my perseverance, end quote, and the overcomers would be a pillar in the temple of God. I believe this pillar is prayer, intercessory prayer. Prayer is like that of the man who asks for bread for his friend. This is praying for those who need prayer, whether they can pray themselves or whether they can't. The open door has the bread of life standing there, waiting for us to persistently keep asking, seeking, and knocking. So be encouraged in the calling that the Holy Spirit has for us. Don't grow weary. Be refreshed. So, I just say this. Let us believe the impossible and position ourselves to reap the harvest, to see God do what He said He will do. Amen? So ask yourself, do I need to reposition myself, Lord? Or simply, have I stopped asking? Have I given up? Have I lost hope? For whatever that may be, fill in the blank for yourself. And what do I need to do to, to um, keep the faith that you want to give me for what you have? Amen? Um, I heard this song this week and this just really reminded me of it. It really hit me in a really wild way when I heard it. it was that I've heard it over and over. You know that song that they played during Christmas that Mary did you know? And um, and when I heard it, it, I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me about my own kids, you know. But um, 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 but I really felt like the Lord was when Matthew was speaking that the Lord was saying we really need the Lord's perspective. Plus, I heard T.D. Jakes this morning, and he was talking about having the Lord's perspective. But this song, it says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy um, has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. And that just got me that we really don't. We need the Lord's perspective on our lives. We need His perspective on our situations. Because when we have His perspective, He knows the end. He knows the end product. We're just caught up in, the, in the, um, where we're at right now. We're caught up in our circumstances. You know, but if we can get the Lord's perspective, and T.D. Jakes gave this example that I understand right now really well. He was saying for pregnant women, they understand that they're going to give birth to this baby. So they can put up with the sicknesses and the, you know, and the, okay, you're going to gain weight. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? Instead of, instead of it being this huge ordeal that just throws you off kilter, you know, even though sometimes it feels like a huge ordeal still, you know that, you know, when the doctor says, oh, yeah, that's normal. You know, that's normal. That happens when you're pregnant, you know. But you know, okay, that I can deal with it. I'll walk through it. There's going to be a baby at the end. You know what I'm saying? But when we're going through circumstances, we need the Lord's perspective so that we can see what He sees and we don't blow things way out of proportion blow things to places where they, you know, they're really not. You know, that's how the enemy uses it. You know, but that we could see, Mary, did you know that this baby that you have right now is going to be, is the Lord of all creation. 
He's going to heal the sick and raise the dead. You know what I mean? That, Lord, that You would give us Your perspective on our situations and that we could position ourselves like Mary did and say, you know, so be it, Lord. What You say, let it be. Even though I don't understand how I could have a baby right now, let it be. If that's what You're saying, You know. You know all things and I don't. So... So, let the Lord remind us all today to see the big picture. Just be reminded right now, church, the big picture for our church. Everything that's gone on in the past, everything that's going on right now, and will happen soon, it's all in God's plan. It's all a part of the big picture for River Life Fellowship. So what we need to do is position ourselves to be a part of that. So can we all just stand up? and just want to pray. If you could just pray with me. I want you right now as you just close your eyes and bow your head to ask the Lord this question. Lord, show me the big picture and show me how to position myself to be a part of it. To be a part of Your plan. Just let Him speak to us right now. I just want to take us a minute just to be quiet so that we can listen to His response. reminded me is that you know sometimes Sarah's and I get a little bit overwhelmed by uh, having our three boys and having another one on the way and everything and uh, but the Lord just reminded me Matthew you're raising up a mighty army of four young men that I have plans and purposes for and if you will believe if you'll have the faith to believe that what I've told you about each one of them is true then I'll do awesome things. So, thank you, Lord. God, we just keep asking and we keep seeking and we keep knocking, Lord, upon the door of heaven. God, and we just ask you, Lord, for revival, Lord. We ask you, God, that what happened recently in Ricky Stutz's life, Lord, what happened to our family members, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, Lord God, to our entire city, state, and nation, Lord God. We cry out to You, Lord, for revival, Lord. We will be that revival generation, Lord. We just say, here we are, God. Use us. Send us, Lord. Lord, give us the faith to believe when we lack it. Give us the faith to know that You will keep Your promises. Lord, we just say yes and amen to every single thing that has been spoken from You in this church, Lord, from uh, 20 years ago and up, Lord God, we say yes and amen to it, Lord. We believe it. We know it to be true, God, even if we can't remember right now what all those things are. Lord, and I just pray that this week You remind all of us as we're going through our routine of the promises You've made. Lord, just like You gave Noah a rainbow to remember the promise that You'll never again destroy the earth by flood, Lord. That You would put little rainbows in each of our lives, Lord. Little symbols, God. Little things to remind us that God always keeps His promises. We just thank You and bless You. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, Lord, bless you guys. You can be dismissed. If you need prayer for anything, please come forward and we'll be glad to pray with you.